Hello and welcome to Mashley at the Movies. I am Matt. I am Ashley. And we're joined again by Garrett. Hi, Garrett. Hey. So we have a companion piece to this episode. It's called Our Favorite Films of 2020. Now, this is our worst movies of 2020 episode. We're going to do our bottom five of the past year. Um, so I'll kick things off. And my number five is Enola Holmes. Um, I was annoyed by this movie. Um, it, it, it's, it's about Sherlock Holmes's younger sister who we'd never heard about before. <laughs> and she, she's a plucky young thing and she goes out on her own to like, uh, well, her, her mom goes missing for one thing and then she's looking for her, but there's also a, a, a young man in distress that she kind of, he's kind of in and out of the picture for a little bit and she's helping him. Um, but this annoyed me from the jump because, um, two things that annoyed me. One, I'm not a fan of narration. It works every now and then in the movie, but this is rife with it. <laughs> and then she breaks, she being Enola Holmes, played by Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame. Um, she breaks the fourth wall a lot. And she does it in a way that you think she's just, she thinks she's so <laughs> clever and cute by doing it. And I'm like annoyed to the nth degree. And um, I also have a bit of a contrarian streak. And one reason this makes my list, aside from just objectively, I did not like it, um, is it seemed to get a lot of praise from people. Like, oh my God, have you seen Enola Holmes? Enola Holmes is so good. <laughs> and I'm like, this movie was was not good. Not good in my book. Anyway. So, um, yeah, that's my number five. So, uh, my number five, um, I guess, you know, I'm not a professional uh, movie critic, so... Typically, the movies I see are movies I want to see. So my number five, I didn't necessarily hate it, but um, my number five is The Witches. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the original 1990s Witches. Uh, I just uh, love the performance of, and I can't think of her name. She plays Morticia Adams. Angelica um, Houston. Oh, yeah. I, I absolutely <laughs> love it. It's one of my, my favorite things to watch as a creepy thing as a kid. So this is uh, the the remake of it that was released on HBO Max this year. And it's not terrible. Um, Anne Hathaway uh, takes the, the lead role as the head witch. And, you know, Anne Hathaway, just she just kind of goes all out for it. Uh, which is probably the, I mean, that's the reason to see the movie. The rest of it does kind of fall flat. And especially this, I know this is, um, you know, so it's a weird, you know, creepy witch movie, but the, the stuff that they do with like, you know, the witches when they have, I, uh, I don't know, worked in the original one, but the look and the feel of like, you know, their mouths opening wide and the thing, like it just looked, I, don't, I, I didn't buy into it. It just didn't hit me like it did when I was a kid in the original Witches movie. I, I think we're pretty selective about the movies we see, so I don't think we see a lot of really bad movies. And I, and I want to preface that by saying, I want to preface um, this selection by saying that because um, even though I didn't particularly like this one, um, I don't think it was horrible. In fact, it was on Garrett's best of <laughs> list can i make a prediction here yes are you gonna say jingle jangle yes all right <laughs> jingle, jingle jangle a christmas journey which i you know there are things that i appreciated about it it looked great um it had good intentions um for me though i don't know the music 
I thought was pretty boring and forgettable. And um, it just seemed to be very flashy, but no like heart, at least for me. It didn't really um, imbue me with the Christmas spirit at all. So sadly, number five on my list is Jingle Jangle, The Christmas Journey. That almost made my list too. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything when I, in our other episode when Garrett was like on his top 10, but since we're talking about it, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, hear, I feel you on that, Ashley. So my number four is probably the last in, of these that is in my contrarian streak, but I genuinely had issues with it. And that's uh, Mank, which I know a lot of folks loved. Um, that is starring Gary Oldman. It's about, uh, ostensibly, we're, we're led to believe going into it that it's about the writing of Citizen Kane, which some folks consider to be the best movie ever made. Um, and I, I, <laughs> I don't want, I could be here for another, yet another episode. We've already done, Ashley and I already did an episode about Mink. I could be here for yet another one talking about the things I don't like about it. Um, I read somewhere after we watched it about the pains they took to, make the black and white photography look really old. I, I I didn't see that. It looked like a modern movie made to look black and white. Um, Gary Old, Gary Oldman was fine in it. I like Gary Oldman. He was one of the best things in it. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, I didn't care for her character. I thought her, uh, it was just, uh, just her character was just sort of there. Um, Charles Dance uh, plays William Randolph Hearst. Actually, he was decent. Um, but, uh, I, I kept wondering to myself, so this movie f- flips back and forth around time. And that's the way they tell their story. And every time I watch a nonlinear story, m- alarm bells go off. And I'm like, so hold on a minute. If you were to tell the story in a linear fashion, would it be as good? Or would it be as good as you think it's, it, it, it is in the nonlinear way? And I, I don't know. I, I don't know if this movie passes that test. Um, it also... Doesn't do, I mean, it's set in the thirties and forties and it also doesn't, um, in my opinion, it, 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 it is made in such a way that I've seen other more modern movies made where they're trying to portray that they're in the thirties or forties. And I don't know if they get the, the, I watch a lot of old classic movies, right? I don't think they get the rhythm of speech correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they get the music done very well, um, in this movie. And they do this weird thing where, um, the way they introduce people, because this movie doesn't slow down at all. Like, if you're not familiar with these events or the people in it, the characters, the, 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 the whatever, you're not going to follow very well. And I don't like that about it either. But, you know, they'll do this weird thing where uh, they'll be like, you know, well, Herman Mankiewicz, you know, or <laughs> oh, Charles Foster Kane, or, or not, not Charles Foster Kane, but, you know, yeah, William Randolph Hearst, or... Right. Uh, Blah, blah, blah. It's you. It's, it's Betty Boop. You know, I mean, it'll be not, I'm just joking there, but it's, it's that kind of a thing where it's the unnatural way that a character in a movie would, in, would like greet somebody, but it's for the audiences. Yeah. You oh, know. hey, look who this is. Yeah. That annoyed me. And then seriously, if there's anything I can really, truly objectively fault it for, aside from all of that, is it, it leads you through laboriously for two hours. These events that they think you should find interesting. And then it decides that, okay, we're done with interesting stuff. And then it skips ahead like two years to, I guess, the Academy Awards or its aftermath. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, but wait, what, what, what? I mean, I know some stuff happened in the, in the intervening two years. Mm-hmm. 
I guess you just don't think that was interesting. So, and I don't know. It, it was just, I got to stop there. Mink, there you go. Garrett, go ahead. I'm just going to agree with you on Mink. Uh, I, it probably should have made my bottom five. I, I, didn't, I didn't like it. Um, but my number four is Holiday. And uh, if, if you heard that play on words, it's supposed to be holiday and date. And that was the holiday. So uh, I, I'll, I'll just be honest. Uh, we're in a, a kind of a little stretch here where movies were so bad I didn't finish them. I, I turned them off uh, just because they were that bad. Um, nowadays, you know, we have Netflix. We have HBO Max. We can uh, really choose what kind of content we're absorbing and – um, you know, when I did like Jingle Jangle, uh, it hooked me from the beginning. And uh, but this one, I mean, so the premise is here that um, this mom sets her daughter up with this guy and they're only going to do these dates on the holidays. So they have their holiday. And it's just a, a, a trite premise. Uh, the acting fell flat. There was no chemistry in the couple. And, you know, I'll, I'll just let you piece it together. It's a, your classic holiday movie. So what do you think happens? Uh, <laughs> but it's just, yes, like I said, bad enough. I turned it off. Whatever. Holiday's my number four. Okay. Number four for me is Birds of Prey. The, oh, the Harley Quinn movie. The Harley Quinn movie. Mm. The last movie I saw in theater. That was with you guys. Yeah. I have to just... The last movie we saw... Actually, I, sorry. No, I, no problem. Just to correct Garrett real quick. I clearly remember because of just how the year's been. Uh, the last movie we all three saw together was The Lodge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Theater? Yep, yep. Do you okay. Even, do you remember that movie? Yeah. <laughs> that was an interesting movie. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Ashley. No, I anyway, I bird, no Birds of Prey. Um, I just have to... I just think that this that this character in this movie is just not made for me. Um, I like Margot Robbie. I don't like this character. Um, and I don't like the world in which this takes place. It's just ugly and um, boring. And I don't like the, the nihilistic nature of it. Um, and the violence, the level of violence. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's just not for me. I'm sure people really loved it. <laughs> I hope he did. But I, I did not like it at all. I don't know if a lot of people love it because they actually changed the name of it like <laughs> a week or so after it landed in theaters because uh-huh. it wasn't catching on like they wanted to. So they actually changed the title around. Oh, okay. So I don't know how many people loved it. All right. But anyway, uh, where are we at? My third most hated movie <laughs> of the year, uh, Project Power. This was a Netflix movie. It's got like uh, a good pedigree here. It's got like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jamie Foxx. A really good newcomer, actually. The best thing about the movie, Dominique Fishback. But so this is like some allegory about drug abuse, drug and and, and and the distribution of drugs. Except these drugs give you superpowers, but it's very unclear how and why that the superpowers is what it is for various people because it's not the same superpower. And sometimes it just blows people up. Again, unclear <laughs> why. Um, this movie is riddled with continuity errors. I mean, I'm not somebody that like actively looks for goofs or as they call them on IMDb or continuity errors or whatever, but this movie had at least two major ones that stuck out to me. Um, and it's, uh, you know, Jamie Foxx is, is, is so, so in it. Joseph Gordon Levitt is phoning it in. 
I think I said when you and I reviewed it, actually, the best thing about him is he's, he's in a towel in one of those scenes. <laughs> I mean, that, that's what you got to look forward to in this movie. Um, but I will say this in praise of it. It, it kept my interest. I was never bored by it. Mm. So that's Project Power. So my number three is The Prom. Did you guys get around to watching that one? No, sir. No. Um, So the premise of The Prom, uh, let me just flat out say, a movie that's starring Meryl Streep, Nicole Kidman, and Kerry Washington just rightfully shouldn't be this bad. But uh, the premise of The Prom is uh, these two girls want to go to prom together and the school's rules are against it. So... Come swoop in Meryl Streep and James Corden, and they're going to, you know, protest their way into this prom, which, okay, you know, probably a a good story to tell. Uh, For one, probably shouldn't be a comedy. And this is kind of one of my big problems with um, people playing homosexual characters in movies when they feel like they just need to be a caricature of what they think uh, homosexual should be. And... Uh, even my wife, who would just love this type of movie, uh, especially since it's a musical with a lot of dancing, is that if it wasn't for James Corden, she probably actually would have liked the movie. But mm-hmm. his over-the-top performance that just to me seemed like, you know, it just really seems like, oh, yeah, gay people love this stuff. I'm just going to do this. <laughs> uh, I I don't know. It's a, It really was just it, another one that was bad enough I turned it off. I have to say something real quick about that. We haven't seen it, Ashley and I, but uh, there are the um, film critics, both professionally and just kind of amateur like us, who I follow, who are heterosexual, hated the movie. And they pinpointed James Corden as like one of the reasons they didn't like his portrayal of a gay person and just thought it was awful. Now, anecdotally, my gay and lesbian friends, like on social media, they just loved this movie. I mean, they were po- they were making posts on social media talking about, oh my god, this movie is just so fun. This is the thing that we needed in 2020. Blah blah blah. So I I I don't know, man. That's a it's a weird uh, kind of divide I noticed with that. Well, watch it and you tell me what you think once you do. I don't I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in my wheelhouse. Just just judging from the the premise, but who knows? Maybe. <laughs> All right, number three for me is Project Power, just like for Matt. Um, and you're right, the the only good thing coming out of that movie was Dominique Fishback, who mm-hmm. I think was fantastic in that. And I hope to see her in, in better movies in the future. Um, but yeah, this movie is a mess, and it's convoluted and doesn't make sense. And the, yeah, the logic of how this pill, this drug works is um, baffling. Um and some dodgy special effects as well. Um, there just wasn't anything appealing about it. Um, but you're right. I mean, there was a lot of action, and it kept my interest. Um, but that's the best that could be said for it. Um, yeah, Project Power, number three. Mm. So my number two is The Lovebirds. Um, this is an exercise in disappointment, I think, part, partly. Um, I know that this was originally, I think, back in the, back in the, in the old days, pre-COVID, uh, I, I saw uh, trailers for this before movies that we saw. And this was supposed to come out in theaters, and then it didn't. It ended up coming out on, I don't know, Netflix or something. Um, but it looked good. And I normally like movies like this, where, you know, it's a couple ordinary people that get wrapped up in events beyond their scope. 
and they're kind of, you know, on the run or lost in a city. Um, you know, I, I just love movies like that. Usually this one is, uh, it's biggest failing is that it's boring. My goodness. I was so bored by this movie. Uh, it has, it lacks energy and life. It has moments in there where you can tell they're doing this scene and they think it's hilarious. And, and the filmmakers do it. Like they, they think this is going to, this is going to kill them, right? This is, this is going to kill the audiences. It's going to make them laugh. I think, I forget which character. It might be Issa Rae. By the way, Issa Rae and, and Kumal and Johnny, I mean, these are two really good actors. But I think Issa Rae is in like a, some weird like costume or something at a store. I, I don't know. You can tell it was supposed to be, they thought it was comedy gold. Mm-hmm. And it's anything but, at least in my opinion. Um, I sat watching this movie uh, bored and stone faced. And uh, so when I, I particularly mentioned that Project Power kept my interest, even though I thought it was bad. Um, this movie is ahead of it in the worst category because I didn't think it was that good. And I was bored to tears by it. So number, Lovebirds number two. Uh, my number two is Love Guaranteed. And so that's Love, comma, Guaranteed. I can't remember if it's a Netflix or an HBO Max movie, but it's a, it's a streaming service movie, uh, rom-com. The premise is that Love, comma, Guaranteed is a dating app. And what happens when you sign up for it? You are guaranteed to find love or else, and I guess because it's the premise of the movie, you get to sue them if you don't find love. So, of course, this uh, young female lawyer signs up for the app, doesn't find love, and sues them. But the twist, in the lawsuit, she did find love. So maybe she found love because of love guaranteed. Uh, <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's, it, was, it was pretty dumb. Uh, I don't know, maybe... When I was single, it would have been a, a better uh, fit for me personally. But um, yeah, the premise never hit me. The uh, and once again, the acting was just stale. The chemistry between the female and the male that were supposed to be these two lovebirds in this lawsuit just it, it just seemed weird and awkward that that's how they were going to meet and fall in love. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, my number two was love guaranteed. Hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna give that a pass. <laughs> well, number two, <laughs> number two for me, and I think I'm seeing a pattern here between Matt's list and mine, is the Lovebirds. <laughs> um, yeah, it just wasn't funny, uh, which is a problem for a comedy. Um, it didn't make a lot of sense, and was and was completely forgettable. When I was making this list, and I was looking down the list of all the movies we'd seen, I had to ask Matt, "What was the Lovebirds?" Um, yeah, completely forgettable. Not good. Mm. Yeah. All right. My worst movie of the year uh, is The Devil All the Time. Um, I had a visceral dislike of this movie. Uh, this was, you know, Tom Holland, uh, he of Spider-Man fame, who I, I'm going to say this. I like Tom Holland. <laughs> Tom Holland, if you're listening, don't be mad at me. Um, <laughs> no, I think he's great as Spider-Man. Um, if there's a movie that he's in, I'm automatically curious about it. Like, I haven't even watched The Lost City of Z yet, but he's in that movie, and I'm curious about it because he's in it, uh, and it sounds kind of interesting. Anyway, I digress. Uh, I, I don't know what's happening here. I know when we talked about it in our review, I, I con- my conjecture is, you know, he's a young actor 
He's been playing, you know, kind of fun-loving Spider-Man in these, you know, comic book movies. He's wanting to branch out. He's wanting to kind of grow up, right? Be an adult. Do like adult movies. Not not those kind of adult <laughs> movies, but adult movies. And so other people have done this, and I don't like it when it happens, but he decides to do a super gritty, dark, just negative-for-your-soul kind of film. And that's what this movie is. There is nothing redeeming about this movie. I don't even know. I mean, some movies dwell in the negative, but there's somewhere there's a point to it. There's a purpose. There's a, a message. I, I didn't, none of that, none of that came to me. This movie is just pure misery with no end game except to dwell in misery. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see Tom Holland do more of these. I, I, I don't want to see anyone do more of these. Uh, there's several actors and actresses in here who are really good, and I normally like their work, but uh, this was uh, just an exercise in in awfulness. I don't <laughs> I don't ever care to see this movie again. It's my worst movie of the year, Garrett. So my worst movie of the year was Downhill. Has the unfortunate distinction of being one of the last movies I got to see in a theater, which, you know, Mad Valley, I can't even for the life of me remember The Lodge. <laughs> I, I, I guess I saw that movie. But so um, this was uh, date night with my then fiance. We uh, didn't get many because we were long distance and we wanted to see this romantic comedy between or starring Julia Louis Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. And I got to say, I love Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I don't know if she's ever done anything I didn't like. I am a white male millennial that spent all of college in a fraternity. We freaking love Will Ferrell. So these two together, romantic comedy, now that they're a bit older, yes, great. Except, you know, it's not a romantic comedy. This movie is about a crumbling marriage. Like, that is it. Hmm. Now, to give it some credit here, I, I, I hated this movie so much, I went back and researched, like, what exactly were they thinking when they made this movie? And what it seems happened was, because it was starring Will Ferrell and Julia Louis-Dreyfus, they marketed it as a romantic comedy. Pull up a trailer, it's like, oh, it's, it looks funny and bouncy. Yeah, let's go see this movie. And the, the writers were like, guys, we did not write a romantic comedy. We wrote a dramatic movie about a failing marriage. And... <laughs> So with my expectations going to the movie that I'm going to be happy and and I just leave this movie so sad and just in the dumps of this story, I was just like, I hate this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So perhaps it was my expectations that ruined it, but I just – I don't think the roles fit them. I – uh, so, I, well, I mean, the premise is that uh, Julius Dreyfus and Will Ferrell, they go to a ski resort with their kids to um, just on a vacation. And it, it's, love has been on the rocks for them for a little bit. But uh, an avalanche occurs on the resort, which is kind of natural, but still kind of dangerous. And in this uh, avalanche, Will Ferrell runs while the rest of the family huddles. And because of that, Julia Travis believes Will is abandoning the family. And so it just – from there, it just keeps spiraling and spiraling into this very depressing story of this failing couple. 
and <laughs> yeah, it's just it's not uplifting. And it's uh, granted, if that's the kind of movie you're looking for, and you want to see these guys in different roles, sure, go see this movie. <laughs> I, I, it's not why I go see a movie. Yeah. Well, guess what? Number one on my my list is The Devil All the Time, which Matt just talked about. Um, yeah, I like Tom Holland too. He's the only reason to watch this movie. Um, he just plays a, a, a young man in a town full of horrible people. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, technically well made in some ways, but just the premise and the plot and the characters are just so ugly and awful. You know, I, I mentioned, uh, in my Birds of Prey, number five on my list that I didn't like the world that the, that movie takes place in. Mm-hmm. I don't like the world that this movie takes place in. And this is supposed to be kind of a real Southern world. And it was just, just awful. Uh, you know, in, in real life, I'm from a small town and people are not awful like this. Like everyone was just terrible. And I just felt like it's, uh, does a real disservice to a whole group of people and, yeah, awful. Mm. <laughs> but other than that, you love. It. Other than that, yeah. Great. All right, so those are our picks for uh, for worst films of twenty twenty. Um, Garrett, thank you as always for joining us. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, and to everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, we're wrapping up our third season with this episode. So um, next week in February, we'll be starting our fourth season and. Uh, uh, so thank you for being here along the way with us and I hope you continue to um, enjoy listening to us pontificate about the cinema. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.